This holiday season, you can spend time searching for and wrapping everyone's perfect gift. Or you can skip the holiday crowds, save yourself some time, and become everyone's favorite person by giving them the gift they really want. Money. Say happy holidays. Say it better with money. Send it with Western Union. Visit a nearby agent location today to send money around the world quickly and easily. Western Union. For what's next. It's time to warm up your welcome mat and put the win in winter with Specs Wines, Spirits, and Finer Foods. Whether you're hanging by the fire or wearing fancy attire, Specs brings the heat with Texas-sized savings on a mammoth selection of world-class wines, seasonal spirits, craft beers, hard ciders, and so much more. Savor the season with award-winning wines, warm cocktails, and hot new releases. Because when you winter with Specs, the fun starts here. You knew the job was dangerous when you took it, Fred. I have a question. Shh, be respectful the, uh, of me. You can act like a man. He's colossal. That's stupendous. One might even go so far as to say he's mediocre. I guess I should salute you as a worthy adversary and all that, but the truth is, I really did hate your guts. This is our single storm podcast. Folks, it's an end-of-year Christmas tradition for the Salcedo Storm podcast, and even though the podcast is only a couple of years old, it's a tradition I think it's going to last for many, many moons, and the tradition is to maybe not necessarily do a political podcast toward the end of the year. You know, the Salcedo Storm podcast is one where we, we, tr- we make a concerted effort to remember why we're alive, to make a concerted effort to not make everything about our political disagreements, but transcend all of that. I think one of the things that is a hobby of mine since I'm a child and a love of mine since I'm a child is science fiction. And many of you have heard me talk about this. And the reason why science fiction has always appealed to me is I think it's the dream, the thing dreams are made of, to be honest with you. It's, it is mankind and it's, and it's aspiration to be something greater than it, it is currently. And science fiction provides us an insight to a world where we visit faraway lands, where we're expanding our knowledge, where human suffering is alleviated, and maybe human beings finally wake up and get it. You know what I mean? By getting it, I mean what life is really all about. And it's not about these petty political differences we have or the the ideas of domineering other people. It is It is freedom. Science fiction is freedom. Now, I've got my favorites out there, like a lot of sci-fi geeks do. Uh, The Star Wars, Star Trek universe has always been a favorite of mine. The the newest addition to my sci-fi plate has been the Stargate series. And when these things were on and they were debuting, I, I wasn't interested at all. I was too wrapped up in Star Trek and didn't have enough bandwidth of time to to get into Stargate. But I think in my older years, I stumbled on a Stargate SG-1, then then watched the movies, the original movie with Kurt Russell and uh, David, was it David Spade? No, it was James Spader. I always get those two mixed up for some reason. Anyway, so Stargate, Stargate was uh, a longtime favorite of mine. And the superhero movies, too. There's a lot of 
elements of science fiction in, in a lot of the superhero classics. DC, Marvel came later in life. But one of the, uh, I guess one of the foundational uh, sci-fi series, and it was so short-lived for me as a, as a young Chris Salcedo, uh, was Battlestar Galactica. And Battlestar Galactica was, I didn't think much of it at the time, but I don't think I realized how extraordinary that it was. Because Battlestar Galactica was told with a, with a very strong American sensibility, and not just the part of Americanism that believes in freedom and standing up to tyranny, which, which this show had plenty elements of that. But it also didn't shy away from man's relationship with God, their religion, their beliefs, and why they believe they should be free. So it, it was one of those series that, for those of you who don't know, it was about the 12 tribes of man scattered in a faraway galaxy. And they occupied 12 planets, a system of 12 planets. And these 12 planets held the... Uh, the Sagittarons, the Virgons, the Capricans, the names of the planets were Caprica and Sagittarion, uh, and these are, of course, names that come from our constellations uh, here. And Earth was the 13th tribe, the lost 13th tribe. And the, the way the story goes is these human beings suffer a holocaust at the hands of a machine race. They weren't always machines, but they... Uh, they overthrew their creators, the, this Cylon Empire. They created these robots to serve them, and they ended up overthrowing them. So the entire empire was now made up of machines. And they looked at organics and human beings as inferior, and, you know, let's, let's go ahead and destroy uh, human, humankind uh, so that uh, peace can reign. You know what I mean? That, that was the, the machine's calculation. A lot of uh, foreshadowing to what would be uh, Termin the Terminator movies and, you know, Skynet and, of course, our fears today about, about AI taking over everything. So the scene I'm about ready to play for you is, a, is something I've, I've played quite often on talk radio. There was, after this Holocaust, after the survivors of man, however many they could get uh, into one convoy following one warship called a Battlestar, the Galactica, the Battlestar Galactica. All of these planets, you know, jumped into moving spacecraft, into, into whatever would carry them to create a fleet and, and go find the 13th colony, Earth. And after suffering this Holocaust, there are the Democrats represented in this series. And the Democrats said, you know what we got to do? We've got to disarm to prove to our superior enemies who defeated us that we are no longer a threat to them. And if we disarm, they're going to leave us alone. And Commander Adama, who was the patriarch of the series, was making the case, no, we, we, we should not give up our only means of defense. We should not be doing that. We're not here to challenge them, but we are fleeing, but we're, we shouldn't be laying down our arms and living under Cylon rule, which this has echoes of, of the peacenik movement, which uh, was echoing better red than dead, you know, rather, would rather go along and be a communist than fight the communists and possibly die in the fight. That was a mantra back during Reagan's era when he was a young man. So this scene I'm about ready to play for you is, 
is proof for me that that sci-fi does have its roots in conservatism. It just does. Because conservatism is always about hope. And conservatism is always about freedom and, and breaking away from tyranny and government control. And what you're going to hear is a debate between Commander Adama, played by Lauren Green, and a man named Sire Yuri, who just happened to be elected the leader of the Quorum of Twelve, which is their governing body. They maintained their government even in after defeat and exile. So Sire Yuri, played by Ray Milland, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing this actor's name correctly. You'll know him when you hear him. Those of you who are Generation X or older, the debate you're going to be listening in on is a debate between those two, uh, Lauren Green, Ray Milland, and uh, Commander Adama and Sire Yuri on maintaining your defense or basically giving up your defense. Now, why should they believe we are now willing to accept that which we have always found to be unacceptable, to live under Cylon rule? Because we would destroy our arms to prove we are willing to live in peace. Destroy our only means of defense. Or attack. May I remind my brothers that we did not have conflict with the Cylons until we intervened in their relations with other nations. Yes. Yes, you are right. We did not come into conflict with the Cylons until we helped our neighbors, whom the Cylons wished to enslave, and until we helped the Hasaris get back their nation, taken by force by the Cylons. Correct. If we mind our own business... There's every reason to believe that the Cylons will leave us alone. Yeah, because that works out so well. If we mind our own business, they'll just leave us alone like the terrorists on 9-11 did. Like the Nazis and, and Imperial Japan did in World War II. If we, if we just ignore them and let them be, they'll, they'll never come after us. Well, frankly, folks, you know, every lesson of history says that once a dictator or totalitarian gets enough power, they will be coming for those who wish to remain free. If you've all come to this council to turn your backs on the principles of our fathers and the lords of Kobo, from whom all colonies evolved, you do so with my utter contempt. And he leaves the room. are always the last to recognize the inevitability of change. Warriors, those who believe in defending freedom and liberty, always the last to recognize the inevitability of change. Yeah. How, how many times have we heard surrender cloaked in the niceties of the words change, surrendering our values, surrendering our rights, surrendering our freedoms, surrendering our children's future? All in the name of change. I've heard it all before. Folks, coming up, I visit with a couple of very dear friends of mine, and we talk about science fiction, where the big franchises are headed. Coming up on this special edition of the Salcedo Storm Podcast. And now a 
word from our sponsor. Are you sick of all these Medicare commercials? Well, what if you're under 65 and need quality, affordable health coverage? American Medical Plan specializes in under 65 health insurance plans that have zero co-pays at the doctor and no deductible on all outpatient services, including surgeries. You pick your doctors and hospitals. There are private plans, enroll anytime, and they are 30 to 60% less than Obamacare. If you're paying too much for your own health insurance, call American Medical Plans. They will customize a plan managed and chosen by you, not the government. A liberty-loving American takes on Washington, Hollywood, and the whole media establishment. He's Chris Salcedo. Join his fight. Tune in to The Chris Salcedo Show every weekday afternoon on Newsmax. Have you been growing frustrated that all your favorite stuff's getting canceled out there by the woke crowd? When Fox News, in deference to leftists, got rid of Tucker Carlson. Didn't you say to yourself, nobody asked me? Folks, you have power to stop that. Stop funding woke companies. Support those who stand for America, your rights, and your values. Go with Patriot Mobile. I know what you're saying. How is Patriot Mobile going to help me fight back? Well, not only do they have an industry-leading coverage guarantee, They're also America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. And then there's this. When you make the switch to Patriot Mobile by going to PatriotMobile.com slash Storm. PatriotMobile.com slash Storm. You support me. You keep my voice independent, making sure the woke crowd can't touch me. So if you prize your values, if you like good value, and you want to keep your liberty-loving Latino conservative, strong, and unafraid, go to PatriotMobile.com slash Storm. Use my promo code STORM. Get free activation. Or call 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Take a stand against the woke at patriotmobile.com slash storm. Tired of cable news lying to you? It's time the establishment media went the way of the dinosaurs and for free digital journalism to rise. At Texas Scorecard, we bring you real news for real Texan with no paywalls ever. Go to texasscorecard.com today. All right, folks, time for the uh, time for this end of year podcast. It's turning into a tradition. We did this last year, as you can hear. I've got uh, two guests on with me. The first one is Travis Colley. This is a man from, well, that I have known since I'm a kid, since I'm a teenager. We worked at uh, a pizza restaurant together, and we ended up coming up in the television business together. And it, it's just, uh, I've known him an awful long time. He is out in San Diego, and the executive producer of the Chris Salcedo Show on AM700 KSEV, not to mention the program director of KSEV, Russell is uh, also with, with me, Russell Sherrill. Gentlemen, welcome to you both. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's great to be back with both of you guys. All right. So now th- so this is this is where we talk about science fiction. And I want to le- lead with something that... that Can't drink. Uh, yeah, well, wait a minute. Yes, I guess we got to start with list of what drinks we are uh, now enjoying. So, Russell, what have you poured tonight? I have poured me a glass of Reposado tequila. Mm-hmm. And have me a Maduro Perdomo 20th anniversary cigar in my hand. Nice. That's a good combo right there. Uh, how about you, Trev? As one does. Yes. All right. So I'm having um, something a little low sugar, low carb, but packed with booze. I call it my DYI DUI. Um, <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's a gin. With uh, oh. lime sparkling water and a sprig of mint from my backyard, uh, and this will lead me into the Chargers Raiders Thursday night football game. And as I'm from San Diego, the Chargers are dead to me. So I never thought I would ever say this, but go Raiders! 
Wow. Oof, that wow. is big. That's, that's, that's huge from that's, a Charger fan. That is huge. An ex-Charger fan. Yes, yes. Well, mm. uh, gentlemen, I am drinking a, a single rye uh, called uh, f- uh, from uh, t- a Texas uh, blended, not, not blended rye, single rye. And uh, yeah, and it's, it's just perfectly chilled with one ice cube. And uh, yeah, it's, it's got a very nice taste to it. It's called Austin Heights, I believe, if I remember the label correctly. But I tried it twice, and it's very good. Okay, so let's jump in with... Raising with some, a glass, kapla. Yeah, kapla. All right, that, that is that is klingony for uh, good luck. So here we go, guys, and I want to start here. Isaac Asimov, I don't know if you guys know who Isaac Asimov was. He's a professor of biochemistry at Boston University. And during his lifetime, he was considered one of the big three science fiction writers. And here's the quote that I think is going to, it's going to guide our conversation in my mind anyway. Individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today, but the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. If we're to be saved at all. And I, I think that quote is why so many sci-fi fans dig sci-fi, A, good storytelling, but B, it's aspirational and what it allows us to see the better, the better side of ourselves. And that's why I've always looked at it's science fiction. So let's start off in the Star Wars universe. Uh, there's a lot to talk about because of, of what's going on primarily on Disney+. Plus. There, there doesn't seem to be a lot of action in the movie theaters as of late. So, Russell, I'm going to let you kick it off. What has your attention in a, either positive, negative, or whatever way? What do you want to talk about first as far as Star Wars? Wow. I mean, every, everything just seems like it's at a standstill right now. I mean, uh, they're not putting anything else out. They, they've kind of left this high and dry with Ahsoka, which was a good series. Um, and or I hear... Unless you guys heard something different, I heard Andor has been put on hold. I did, I heard the same thing. The, the writer's strike. Season, season two has been put on hold. Yep, the writer's strike. Uh, that was good sci-fi, uh, by the Ac- way. That was good stuff. Ac- Acolyte is supposed to be coming out, but then I hear that may be in danger of being put on hold, and I'm kind of fascinated by what that story will be from the Old Republic and dealing with some of these Sith in that regard, but I'm also hearing that may be on hold. Wow. You know, I remember you guys, I don't know if you guys are gamers or not, because I haven't even asked you guys about this, but uh, there have been a lot of Star Wars games where the the animated, almost lifelike animated uh, videos that introduce the video games have been just, just tremendous and great storytelling for the five or six minutes that they have. And there's a whole series from Knights of the Old Republic where I was like, man, if they could do a whole movie like this uh it, it would be tremendous storytelling because a lot of these characters can do some pretty wicked stuff and it looks real uh as real as digital animation could get trev what's on your radar screen as far as the uh, star wars universe is concerned i agree with with russell in that the sith need to be dealt with <clears throat> but um <laughs> Recently, I uh, I actually finally made the trip to Disneyland and I saw Galaxy's Edge. And I got to tell you, fans, listeners, uh, if you haven't been, it's 10 points off of your nerd card uh, as opposed to the uh, traditional five. It was amazing. 
if you had if you had told me that I would be able uh, at the age of six, if you had told me that I would be able to grow up and and actually fly the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> I would have wet my bed well into my forties. Uh, it was it was amazing. Um, the, the 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 smugglers run flying the Millennium Falcon, and I was a pilot with uh, uh, Chris, our mutual friend Rob Call. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was he was my co-pilot. Um, it, it is so immersive, and it is the best motion ride that I have ever been on. Um, and, and what was really cool is after you come off of the ride, they kind of mess with you because as you're walking out, uh, you hear over the intercom. Um, Maintenance crews to Bay 5. This thing is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, are you, fami- yeah. are you familiar with what they're doing out there with Disneyland? With that, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah. And, I, and I've, heard nothing, I've heard nothing but good things about it. My sister, okay, so my sister that- did the same thing what, that Trav did. My sister, she jumped in the pilot seat, and she's actually texting me while, before she sits down and after. And she says, I took my job as pilot way too... <laughs> Way too seriously. She's yelling at her her co-pilots. You know, I guess that they're the ones that that uh, man the weapon systems. She's yelling at them. Will you? Will somebody please shoot this guy, please? As she's piloting, taking it way too seriously. But as Trav said, it's immersive, right, Travis? It it, it is incredibly immersive. I mean, you you from the very second that you take off. I mean, it drops, you feel the gravity, and then it takes off, and you're fighting through um, an Imperial fleet, you're, you're dodging asteroids, your co-pilot has to hit hyperdrive, you hit it, you go through this incredible labyrinth where you're stealing resources, um, because that's the whole mission. It's called Smuggler's Run for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then after you get out of there, uh, then you have to fight more ships in space. You're back in space, and uh, it, I, I can't say enough about it. But after that, we did Rise of the Resistance. Now, Rise of the Resistance is a 25-minute ride, which is a hell of a long ride for Disneyland, and it's 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 really quite immersive as well, um, because you are a band of rebels that have been brought on to. Um, basically infiltrate uh, or you're, well, you're being brought to uh, a rebel base, a secret rebel base, but on the way you are tractor beamed on board an Imperial star destroyer. Kylo Ren is there. Uh, and, and you, uh, I, I, I don't want to give away too much, but your job is to escape. And as you're escaping, you're riding in this, you know, cart, you know, this, this whatever vehicle. Right. And, at one point, at one point, you are raised up on a turbo lift, and you are taken eye to eye with the very front windshield of an all-terrain armored transport, an Adat, a Snowwalker, for those uh, not necessarily in there. And you're seeing these, you're seeing these troopers inside of the cockpit scrambling to get to the weapon systems, and then they start firing on you. You've got blasters flying over you. Wow. That is all I'm going to say about the ride. It only continues to be awesome after that. Now I've got one more. So I've got after, one more thing to cover with you on on your experience there. But before we leave the virtual reality realm, there is there is something Russell that is that is Texas side. I'm not sure if it's still going on, 
But uh, as of a couple of years ago, there was something called The Void, and it's the Star Wars experience, and it's at a it's, mm. at a, it's at a movie theater complex in Plano, Texas, which is in North Texas. And basically, this is an immersive, you walk through it, but the plates on the floor move. When you go to Mustafar, you can actually feel the heat and smell the sulfur as you're, you're wearing virtual goggles and you confront Darth Vader and his troopers. And it, and I went through this with my middle child. It was flipping amazing with what these virtual reality goggles did to you in a very confined and limited space. You actually thought you were transversing, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of feet. And it was, it was a great experience. I don't even know if it's still there, but it was called the void the uh, Star Wars experience, and uh, th- there's all kinds, a 4D experience, all kinds of this stuff. And I know that, uh, one more thing from Trav, uh, and then we're going to get back to you, Russell. You were able to construct a lightsaber, correct? Not only was I able to construct a lightsaber, but I'll, I'll get into that in two seconds. We also went to Oga's Cantina, which is a wonderful place. You get 45 minutes in there. They serve cocktails. One of them is called the Fuzzy Tauntaun, which has got this foam on top. <laughs> and in the, in, in the foam, in the foam, they, they, put the, they put this powder that actually numbs your mouth. Really? Okay, so after, after Ogas, I built the lightsaber. And as you, you've seen a picture of it, Chris, and I hope you shared it with Russell because yeah. it is awesome. I went full tiki with my lightsaber. Um, and I was standing outside and these clone troopers walked up to me as I was holding my lightsaber and the clone trooper said to me, I'm going to assume you're just a collector. <laughs> it was that good. It was a, so Russell. It was, it was terrific. There is so much attention to detail. Uh, it's it, the, the whole thing is, 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 is worth walking around. I mean, you are in the star Wars universe, you know, preferably on a nice day. I think it's, Kind of, sort of a desert planet, which yeah. works well for Southern California. Yep. But, but you know, I, look, I can't say enough about it. If you guys haven't gone, you gotta go. It is it, it it's top three bucket list for the for you guys. Yeah, and, and, and I'm not sure if they've I'm not sure if they've replicated it in on the East Coast in um, in Florida or not. But yes, they have. They have. Okay, so yes, they have. Yeah, Russell. I don't know. Before the boys get too much older, it might be a good might be a good thing. To check out, this is the excuse you use for the wife, you know. And before the boys get too much older, maybe we ought to go, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. so, look back to Andor. Um, I was I was pretty sad to know that this <laughs> boy. Somebody's got a call coming in. I was sad to know. Yeah, I know. Because frankly, Andor was some of the best writing that we had seen in a while on Star Wars. Agreed. Yeah, probably since Rogue One, yeah. Yeah. Well, what uh, I really enjoyed about Andor... Oh, sorry, Russell, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, uh, I think I said this in our uh, the last time we spoke about this, is that what I really enjoyed about Andor is that they finally delved into the atrocities committed by the Empire, uh, which had never really been addressed in some of the PG re- uh, and PG-13 rated uh, Star Wars films that we'd seen in the past. Yeah, so, now I, I want to push back on Russell for a second on on Ahsoka, because I thought it was okay, 
And I, I also want to use that that my my criticism of Ahsoka. Uh, I don't think the lead actress was. Uh, let me put it this way: the animated Ahsoka was believable, uh, and and maybe it was because she was the foundation. I was judging the live action Ahsoka off of her and what they what happened in Clone Wars, but but you know what? I'm also watching a decline in the writing on Mandalorian. What do you say? Yeah, Mando. Mando. Mando's a disappointed too, and I still can't believe they're gonna. That's that's supposed to culminate into a film, uh, and I think that honestly, as much as I love Mando, I think that story has run its course. I, I think the way they ended that last season with him sitting on the porch of the the home of his new home, I thought that was a perfect way to end it. And the fact that they're talking about a season three and going into a going into a movie uh, to to finish it all off, I. Okay, uh, it better be some good writing because I, I'm with you. The, the the writing on that has declined drastically from the first two seasons. Sure, and I and okay, I. Okay, but let's go back to the. Well, before we go, go off, I, let, let, let me tee this. Well, let me Western. let me tee this up because I remember what I was doing, exactly what I was doing. It was Christmas time, Be- when when I saw a Jedi cutting his way to go rescue uh, Grogu and, and Mando. And the reveal at the end, uh, when you when you see the cloak hood come off, and it's Luke Skywalker, a CG, Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker. And I remember shouting at the top of my lungs, and my house thought I was probably dying. And people were like, what the hell's the matter with you? I was like, oh, I can't believe it. I, that was... The, the jumping of the shark from Mandalorian, Trav, wasn't it? And they haven't equaled it since. At Texas Capital, we know your ambition is as big as Texas. That's why you're here. You call Texas home for the opportunity, for the untapped potential and intrepid possibilities. So why are you still banking without ambition? Come to Texas Capital and you'll find more than products and services. You'll find people who understand how to make them work in Texas. You're here. Your community is here. And at Texas Capital, you can bank like you live. Learn more at TexasCapital.com. That's TexasCapital.com. Texas Capital. Member FDIC. Start the new year off right with a heck of a night. It starts in the day, so let Specs show you the way. With pairings and savings on all your guests' cravings, the bubbly, the wine, Specs selection is divine. With prices so low, you'll be quite a glow. Good times and good friends is how the year ends. Say farewell, au revoir, and adios with the most. And welcome the new year with savings and cheer. Well, I don't consider that a jumping of the shark because as soon as I saw the X-wing, I knew what was coming. Well, um, and 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 like I said on our last podcast, that shot my pink lightsaber right up. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but again, you understand my broader point. My broader point is I, is that that it that they needed to have that type of build and a payoff at the end of season at the end of season what was it three right season three and they didn't yeah but the Mandalorian is you know and and even uh, you know to a lesser extent uh, Andor you know these are love letters to the original fans and so you know we wanted to see that right. You know, we wanted to see, you know, Luke Skywalker alive and well uh, and, 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 and still doing stuff. So, you know, I, 
I loved it. Um, but you know, I, I was making a point earlier about you know Mando sitting on the porch. You know, look at all the old spaghetti westerns or Clint Eastwood films, and all of those gunfighters—they never find peace. You've seen Unforgiven. You've seen Pale Rider, and and you know he's a gunfighter. His past is always going to come back. It's always going to find him, and there's always going to be new adventures and darkness to overcome. Well, uh, I, I get it. I get it. And I, I guess what, what my greatest fear about the Star Wars franchise is that is that it's going to get too cartoony. Remember what? Remember how let down we were when the prequels came out, and how they tried to how they tried to to cartoon it up to appeal to the next generation, really dumbing it down. I mean, Jar Jar Binks. I don't. I don't want Disney to Jar Jar Binks the Star Wars franchise. Russell, do you understand what I mean by that? I do. I do. And if the franchise wants to go in the right direction, it, it, it's time to tap into the Sith. I mean, honestly, let's just. What is it? What has everybody gotten excited about in Ahsoka and in the Obi Wan series? It was Hayden Christensen back as Darth Vader. Yeah. No. It, it, it's time to tap in and make a film, a series, whatever you want to, whatever they want to do on Darth Vader immediately after the, the, the order 66, when he goes and he hunts down all the Jedi, I think that would be a phenomenal series. I think it would be too. And, and there's a lot of untapped ground there. Isn't there Russell? Oh, tons of it. Yeah. Tons of it. And let's not, let's not, well, they, they got to tap into the Sith. Yeah. Well, you know what? Obi-Wan Kenobi was a great, miniseries trav was it not it was good it was very good it was a great miniseries but you know to address what russell just said you know we have a much more sophisticated television audience uh than we had say 20 30 years ago and that audience really tends to embrace the darkness um you know you look at shows like breaking bad and 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 others you well, know that's true the, the, and, and 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 you know Going to the darkness is 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 really popular and makes for some really great writing. Uh, it, it's the audience no longer wants fluff pieces, um, right? They, they don't don't jar jar Binks. There's there's great storytelling, good, the bad, and the ugly, and of course where good does triumph over evil, where you're confronted with an evil, and don't be afraid to show us that, and then and then show how good can rise to conquer it. And I think that's, that, that is the element of every good, of every good sci-fi, a, a aspirational what we're called to be, you know, as human beings. Um, so before, you know what, while, while we're talking here, let me pull up Disney Plus, okay? I'm going to pull up the, the Disney Plus uh, website and just see that we make, make sure that we hit everything that we were supposed to hit because I think there really isn't much... There really isn't much that, as Russell was alluding to, there's not much going on right now because of the writer's not, strike. Not at all. Yeah. So what I would, what I would ask you guys, as as I'm pulling up the the website right now, just to make sure that we're we're hitting everything that 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 could possibly be hit, and you go to the Star Wars tab, and you you you're just looking at about you know a, a, a whole lot of aged series. I guess the only thing we didn't touch on, which still has some runway, I think, is Boba Fett. What would you like to see 
Russell from a Boba Fett season two? As much as I love Boba Fett, that, that series can die. Really? Yeah. That, that shocks series me. Can die. I, I, they, they made him in, into such a puss <laughs> uh, in that series. And, and, and listen, and listen, and who, who, who wound up saving that series in the end? It was Mando. Yeah. It was Mando that came into the the last two three episodes that really made that series exciting. You agree, Trev? You think it was it was kind of like the equivalent of of Star Trek uh, Enterprise having to bring the the crew of the original Enterprise in to salvage its final episode? I just want to see Ming not win naked. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but which which character She's, is that? Uh, his sidekick. Oh, his sidekick, yeah. Well, yeah, and she was on uh, Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield, yes. Well, she's a very talented yeah. actress. But the, yeah. the other, the one other thing I would like to not see anymore in Star Wars is becoming a big turnoff. Uh, is I I'm, do not want to see another person get gutted by a lightsaber and survive. Oh. <laughs> I mean, dude, Darth Maul got cut in half. And survived. Darth <laughs> I mean, Maul gets cut in half. The 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 the, the, the Inquisitor um, in in Obi Wan that got stabbed right through the guts. Yeah, she by survived. Darth Vader. She survived. She survives. I mean, seriously, dude. And this is why I say Rogue One is the most is the best Star Wars movie that there was because it was it was real. The heroes rose. Guess what? And sometimes bad things happen to good people. And the heroes all at the end died, except, and, and they sacrificed everything so that Leah could could take the, the plans and then begin the episode of New Hope. That's why Rogue One is the best movie that I've ever seen. Except it, it, for Empire. I think it. I think yeah, it beats. Yeah, I agree. Empire. Except for Empire, 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 still number one. I agree. Yeah, it's it, and I yep. think Empire in my book is number two. So that's where we are. Look, Russell, Trav, and I are longtime Star Trek fans, and I guess and I told Trav when I was telling tell him where we're going to do another uh, year end science fiction retrospective that I was going that one of the questions we had to ask you was what turns you off about Star Trek? What 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 didn't appeal? The, the the original was I listen I, growing up as a kid watching you know the William Shatner Leonard Nimoy you know the series the movies those were phenomenal I love those yeah it's when they got into Captain was it Captain Picard yep and the and the next generation and such that just I I, I just never got into that and you did it was never it, was got it? into it and then and then. Then the reboots were with with Shatner when he was young. Who was it that played uh, Chris Pine? Uh, who's the Who's the actor that played him? Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Yeah. Yes. Th- those I thought those were great. That was a kick ass movie. Well, thought, number one and number two were pretty I good. Those were great movies. Yeah. Yeah. I thought those were great movies. It's just the stuff that went in the middle. I just did not get excited about, and never could. I tried watching a few of them, and I just could not get into it. Now I could see why Next Generation wouldn't. I mean, Next Generation took Star Trek fans, and Trav, you're going to probably back me up on this. It we we got away from the dashing, uh, always finding an alien to sleep with, Captain Kirk, into the the cerebral, intellectual, honor bound Captain Picard, we, and and 
Shakespeare being thrown in every once in a while. It, it still was good storytelling, and I and I loved the Next Generation when it was coming up. But I think if you're looking at if you're looking at the series, and Russell, you're not going to know what we're talking about. But if you look at Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and then Enterprise, I think Deep Space Nine. And there's a whole documentary on this, and Trav, you've probably seen it. Deep Space Nine was it. It it was it was some of the dark side, some of the reality storytelling and character development that I think, frankly, and this is not to poo-poo Janeway. I think she was a fantastic captain and a great actress. I just think DS9 was was really the groundbreaking Star Trek and something Russell's never seen. What do you say? Okay, so I hope you're prepared for about a five-day rant, which I can easily do on this subject. Okay, so... Okay, let's start with Next Generation. Okay. Next Generation had so many awesome storylines. The Klingon Civil War. The introduction of the Borg. Um, but Which they did to that death. That being said... What? Which, they, which Star Trek went to that well way too many times. It really did. The Borg. Well, even, even so much in Voyager. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll say this about Voyager. I like Voyager. But I saw the same uh, show when it was called Gilligan's Island. You know, when... <laughs> well, wait a minute. Kate Mulgrew, look, if you saw uh, the... Who I love. Did you see the auditions for who they were going to put into that captain's chair? And you look at right. Kate Mulgrew and that balance between, you know, being a woman, being a captain, being a, sci- a, a, a scientist. And I think... Sh- I think she was it. She was the perfect selection for that. Just like I think Avery Brooks was probably the baddest, the baddest badass captain that that has ever graced the screen, and because and because of, not not because of things he did, but because of look, you saw a man who who, and if you talk to and uh, the actor's name is Chirac, right? Uh, uh, who played Jake Sisko? He will tell you in, in off-screen interviews that Avery Brooks was like his dad. Like he would introduce him as his son. And seeing a strong black captain being who at the end of the day was always that that relationship, that acting job between those two actors and was was just amazing. Some of their some of their scenes, Trav, still to this day bring a tear to my eye about seeing that relationship between a father and son. Well, if you've ever seen American History X, Avery Brooks has some real acting chops. Yeah, he does. Um, but, but going back to Voyager, one of my, one of my uh, problems with Voyager is that the character of Tom Paris should have been the original character from Star Trek The Next Generation who was the leader of Red Squad. That should have been his redemption. Oh. But yet they had the same actor... But it would have been a much kind of the same thing they did with um, Star Trek Six. That should have been Savic, not the new Vulcan. Well, I, we got to tell it, Russell it, 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 what what happened with Red Squad. Red Squad is an elite Starfleet cadet program, right? And Red Squad decided they would do this really dangerous maneuver to to show that they were they were the the top of the heap, and. Uh, 
basically it ended up costing another cadet their lives because they, it was an unsanctioned maneuver um, and it ended up costing uh, one, one guy was disgraced, the leader of Red Squad, and they would also make an appearance in, in Deep Space Nine. Uh, well, and Wesley Crusher was part of that. Yeah, yeah, Wesley Crusher, who was uh, the the ensign who would, would grow up to be uh, a time traveler, which is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, so Red that's that's what Red Squad is, Russell. It's uh, it's an elite group okay. that, that that it's pretty cocky, uh, and they get special training, special quarters, special everything. Go ahead, Trev. Okay, so I will say this: that of all the Star Trek series to date, with the possible exception of strange new worlds deep space nine has been far and away my favorite amen um i i think i think that the evolution you know and deep space nine kind of like next generation it took about two three seasons before it really fell into its own but um you know the elevation of the, uh, the, the uh, excuse me the uh um the uh evolution of the character of odo you know, and we we wondered where Odo came from because he was an anomaly. And then we finally found out that he was part of this sinister, uh, the founders that that were coming through the wormhole and that were infiltrating Star Trek. But yet he was, you know, benevolent. He was on our side. Uh, Deep Space Nine also, when it culminated in the last couple of seasons, and they brought everyone together: the Cardassians, the the, the Romulans, the Klingons, the Federation. We had the greatest Armada space battles of oh, any dude. series dude. to date, Russell, by you, far. When, when you were watching Star Trek The Next Generation, there was, you saw maybe the Enterprise, and you would see them moving as if they were ships on the water, right? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And it was slow. It was, it, it, for its time, I guess it was okay. Deep Space Nine said to hell with that. It was full blast, massive armadas, ships like the USS Defiant, which is a great ship. It's, it's, it's iconic now, almost as big as the Enterprise is. And you saw full-on space battles, you know, a la Star Wars. I mean, it was fast-paced, it was moving, and a lot of moving parts, and they were just epic. It was great, great sci-fi. And, you, and, and Russell, am I right? You've never watched Deep Space Nine? No, I have not. And, and so that means you've never watched Voyager, and you're not missing much nope. with you're, you're not missing much with Enterprise. Um, have you watched? Have you I watched? I disagree. Yeah. Well, I know you're going to, but dude, come on, seriously. I mean, for, it was the only Star Trek series to go four seasons. They couldn't go the full seven. Well, that was because we had a market saturation. Yeah. I think that if Enterprise had continued, that it would have evolved as well. Uh, I like Jonathan Ar Archer. Um, I, I, I like the crew of the Enterprise. I like the fact that the uh, the Federation was still kind of in its infancy, and they were kind of sort of under the oppressive thumb of the Vulcans in terms of what they could do. 
Also, one thing that you have to remember from uh, Enterprise was they finally answered the age-old question of why the Klingons look different in the, the original series as yes. opposed to Next Generation and the movies, which I think was brilliantly done. Yes, and it actually sets up Khan. It actually sets up the Wrath of Khan. And also, yeah. I got to say, Enterprise into the mirror darkly when they when they looked into the parallel universe. Uh, and no, right. inter- no interaction, but the look into the parallel universe was 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 pretty good. Now, Russell, th- there's a whole online series now of Star Trek, Star Trek series. There's uh, Discovery, uh, Picard just wrapped up, uh, and that was uh, that was yeah. a, a hit or miss. Uh, the last season was pretty good, and then there's something called Strange New Worlds, which you heard Travis reference which is the Enterprise mm-hmm. before Kirk took over. Christopher Pike's Enterprise was Spock. Anything appeal to any of those? Have you seen any of that or say, hey, maybe I ought to give it a try when I, you know, because right now, out of the three of us, you are the one that has the most new material to go check out because you haven't seen any of this stuff. I think I think the stuff about Christopher Pike and the early uh, Spock, Spock would be very interesting for me. Strange New Worlds is what it's called, and you will not be disappointed. And I can tell you, the reason why Paramount did this, Strange New Worlds, and the way it's going to be entertaining for you, which is is because, look, Discovery just went off the rails. They went too preachy. They really went preachy, and they forgot what Star Trek was really about. Um, I made a joke. Did you ever watch um, The Orville, Russell? No. The Orville. Okay. Mm, great show. It's a great show. And for a time, The Orville was doing Star Trek better than Star Trek. And, and, um, How so? I disagree. Well, I know you disagree, but I think they were. But, um, help me out with the, uh, the, uh, the captain of The Orville, uh, Travis. Oh, Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane. Um, yep. look, look, I, I, don't get me wrong. I love The Orville. I, I, I think it's great. Um, uh, you know, Seth MacFarlane, you know, we're talking about, you know, family guy. And and, and, and I like him. Um, Brilliant writer, dude. He's but, funny. He's incredibly funny. Well, uh, some of it, yes, some of it just being edgy for the point of being edgy. Um, whereas Star Trek was way more cerebral. Uh, but I, 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 I did enjoy the Orville. I, I wish it would come back. I mean, I was told that it was, uh, it's not done. me personally. Cause I'm not, that, you know, it's done. Is, is it really? Yeah, it's done. The yeah, third season was the last one and it's, and it's, and it was really good. You know, it was, yeah. Good. And that was the one that they had on Hulu, correct? Yep. 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 Yeah. That's the reason I got Hulu. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kidding. They, they look, I'm, well, guys, look, that we're, level of nerd. we are way over, you know, uh, the, the time that we that we allotted. So I'm, I'm going to ask you the fi- a follow up question. And I know, Trav, I, I do want you to tell your stories about about the, the Star Trek actors you met. So kind of try to weave them in, if you can, to your to your final answer. Off the beat sci fi that you guys love that that probably mainstream or maybe we we three or we have the other two of us don't really know about Russell. What is good sci-fi that you found that you don't hear a lot of people talking about, but you liked Chris put me on the spot there on that one. Yeah. 
Man. Because I got one. I don't know. What do you have? Okay, well, I'll go first then. <laughs> mine is Stargate. Yeah, let's hear what you got. Yeah, mine is Stargate. Stargate SG-1 and the Stargate franchise. For those of you who don't know, the movie Stargate was kind of a... It was starring Kurt Russell and uh, and uh, David Spade. Uh, David Spader, right? Was that David Spader? Um, Kurt Russell was the lead. I know he played Colonel Jack O'Neill. The, the movie was okay. It was okay. But it spawned a TV series called Stargate SG-1 that went for 10 seasons. The longest running sci-fi uh, series in U.S. history, U.S. television history. Uh, spun a couple of spinoffs, uh, Stargate Atlantis and Stargate Universe, which only had two seasons. But it's unfortunately, some, unfortunately, it is some of the best sci-fi and great writing. And what I love most about it is it it's grounded in a lot in reality. Air, the, the United States Air Force advised a lot of the technical uh, Air Force military aspects of it, so much so that Richard Dean Anderson, who played Colonel Jack O'Neill in SG-1, was given an honorary rank in the United States military because he portrayed Colonel Jack O'Neill so well. And it was, it, he, if you hear him in interviews, he said it was a thrill of his life. So if you have not watched Stargate SG one, Stargate Atlantis, I highly, highly recommend it. Now, when did, when did they make those? The 1990s, end of the 1990s. Yep. Yep. And it's still great today. It's I I would put it up there with anything that is up today. It is still great writing. So um, yeah, Trav, you go next because I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that Russell's still thinking about his offering. So go ahead. Okay, so you asked me to uh, weave in my stories about the. I've I've met three members of of, of the cast of, of Star Trek. Uh, I've met James Doohan, who played Scotty. Yeah, I have his autograph. He's no longer with us. I've also met Marina Sirtis, uh, who, uh, in my opinion, was the second hottest woman to ever be on television. She played Counselor Deanna Troy in The Next Generation, yes. Co correct. You want to know who the hottest person I ever thought was on television? Who's that? <laughs> Katie Temple. <laughs> Russell's not going to know that name. Katie Temple was... Uh... I don't know. But yeah, Katie, anyway, yeah, um, well, hold on. Wait a minute. Katie Temple was a a very, very beautiful inside and outside lady that, that Travis and I had the, the pleasure of working with in San Diego. She was a sportscaster, Russell. So she was one uh, of the, the first female yeah. sportscasters in the San Diego yep. market. And she was fantastic. Gotcha. OK, when I met Marina Sirtis and I, I, I if she was signing my um eight by 10 from the fistful of data's episode. Uh, I, I, I said to her, I said, you are just as beautiful in person. I said, you're even more beautiful in person as you are on television. And she looked at me and she said, well, you can come back. Um, okay. So, so, so my third and greatest story is I met Leonard Nimoy. Um, there was a Hanukkah celebration here in Escondido, California, where I live at the California Center for the Arts. And I am not Jewish, but I went because Leonard Nimoy was the MC, and I knew where the stage door was. So afterward, I went up to Leonard Nimoy, and I said to him, uh, Mr. Nimoy, I am a big fan. I admire you and all that you've done, and 
ironically, I handed him a copy of his album to autograph. Would you ever heard Leonard Nimoy's album? It makes William Shatner sound like the Mormon effing tabernacle. It's <laughs> god awful. It's really good. <laughs> I have. Nice. I have autographed copy of Leonard Nimoy, highly illogical. Highly illogical. And it hangs in my office at work. At, <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's a great yeah. story. So, really quickly, yeah. uh, off the, off the wall sci fi series that or or movie that nobody or nobody's seen that everybody should. Look, you should be watching Doctor Who. Doctor Who? Doctor Who is the greatest thing to come across the pond in decades. Yeah. And and it now that Russell T Davies has has has, has regained uh, the the helm, um, we had three episodes where David Tennant, who I also met at Channel Six, um, uh, before I left, uh, and I, I I met him and and Russell T Davies. David Tennant was the greatest Doctor of all time. Uh, he is back for three episodes. They're available on Disney Plus, and and now he's regenerated into a new Doctor. Russell T Davies uh, continues uh, to hold the realms. I look forward to wonderful things out of this show. It's what I love about Doctor Who is it's, it's not a shoot 'em up. Uh, it's a character driven sci fi. Yep. It is one of those things that bends the rules of of space and time and reminds you once in a while that everything you know is wrong dig it i love it so russell did you uh did you come up with the one that that you hadn't uh that you liked that no, that nobody talks about really i don't i don't know if this one would, would fall in that category but one that i always love watching and still will watch to this day whenever it comes on is aliens with sigourney weaver <laughs> really oh. I, okay yeah admission I've never seen aliens. Never seen it. None of them. None Any of them. of them. None of them. None That's of them. Another five points off your nerd card. <laughs> so Russell, why, why, wow. why aliens and Sigourney Weaver? Why? Because it, especially the same. I mean, the, 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 the episode, the three, the third and fourth episodes, they got a little, they got a little stupid, like many of them, many spinoffs do when they when they stretch them out. But the first two were especially the second one, just because it was just complete make-believe bullcrap that had a bunch of graphic violence in it. It was nonstop. Uh, it, I just thought it was very entertaining. It, it, it kind of falls in that realm of Predator that I loved, too, growing up. Yeah, I saw Predator. Watching that with yeah. Edgar. Yeah. Uh, Aliens, though, was I thought was a great, great movie. The first, Especially the first two. They were phenomenal. You know, What did you think of Prometheus? It was okay. I, I I won't put it down. I thought it was pretty good. There was a yeah, Ridley Scott took the re took the reins again on that. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I enjoyed it, and now we've got an alien um, television series coming out soon. I didn't know about. No that. kidding. I didn't see that. Okay. Well, that's good yeah, information really. there too. So, and the, the only thing I guess it's along those lines. Do you guys remember the 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 movie Species? Do you guys know what that was about? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, I do remember seeing that movie. The movie, yeah, yeah. It's this. It's the alien who's the female, but she she mm -hmm. ad, she adopts the 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 human female, very attractive, by the way. So she's out trying to find a mate. Sadly, she kills everything she sleeps with. <laughs> so the men have a yeah. good time, but they 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 end up getting offed in the end. But that's uh, 
or, or should I say getting off and then getting offed? That's, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> All right. Hey, Look, gentlemen. I've had girlfriends like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you I'm glad you survived them all. Gentlemen, look, it is it is uh I think it's turning into an end of year tradition, so I think we ought to keep this up and hopefully we'll have more uh, uh, fresh uh series to talk about next year once this rider strike uh backlog is behind us, but uh Russell Sherrill, Travis Colley, gentlemen, a merry christmas to you guys and thanks for being here as always. Merry, merry christmas, christmas to the both to you of you guys. as well. Folks, that's it for the uh, Salcedo Storm podcast. Do me a favor, visit a couple of websites, texasscorecard.com and chrissalcedo.com. Keep up with the show, keep up with the news that's in Texas and impacting the rest of the country. Until we visit again, my friends, remember this. A society's worth isn't measured by how much power is stolen by government. It is measured by how much power is reserved for you and me. We, the people. Stay safe out there, my friends. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.